Is biblical equality the same as our modern American version of equality? Is equality the number one virtue of life? The individual rights of being created in the image of God can easily be overshadowed and muddied by the collectivism of our world's culture. And the issue of equality is at the heart of it all. Today, we are seeking to gain a better understanding about the biblical definition of equality. There are many micro aspects of equality, but this is about the macro version. What does the Bible teach about the big picture of equality, and how should that form the way we apply the diverse sub-aspects of equality in our lives? Get ready to engage your mind and join us around the table of the Doxa Dialogue. Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor of Doxa Church, and I have some friends around the table. We have a familiar voice, Ben Sen. Hello. Good. Hello. Greetings. Yes. Yes. Good to be here. Yes. We're back. We're doing another season, and we have our new voice, Brooke Crook. Hello again. Yes. How are y'all doing? How's everything going? Good. Surviving. Yes. Um, actually, you know what? Something exciting, very exciting happened yesterday. It was my child's fourth birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And we shot rockets because that's what he wanted. He wanted a blue cake with Oreos. He wanted a PJ Masks costume. And then he wanted to shoot a rocket to the moon. Just stay that age forever. Four like, is a... one of my favorite ages. <laughs> that's so good. They're so fun. That's cool. Well, today was like, yesterday was euphoria for him. Today was terrible. It, like you turn four and you become a demon, apparently. <laughs> it was a rough day. He had everything he wanted for the whole weekend, and then uh, and then it was back to reality, yep, right? Back to the grind. Back to his nine to five today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooke, how's, how's life over there? It's going. I'm just full on soccer mom over here with three kids yes. all in soccer practice starting this week. So tonight is a... I already went to soccer done with that and now i'm here wow good for yeah good for you next thing you know you'll be driving the minivan like the rest of the moms at doxa nope (laughs) (laughs) i am not a mom at doxa and i love my minivan all right yes we are rocking that suv man there you go (laughs) well she's 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 the elite soccer mom like that's why we have you on here but hey this is this is great uh I don't, I don't think I have anything else to add to that. Like life is busy right now, but it's good. Like I'm loving the fall routine, like, and the weather is getting nicer. If anyone is enjoying the fall weather, um, just, just let us know because we can celebrate it together. But we are going to be talking about equality today and I'm going to hand it over to Ben to lead us off. Yeah, so um, I'm really glad you brought this up, this idea of equality. And I'm going to take us in a, I wouldn't call it a tangent, but right out of the gates, I'm going to take us in a different direction here. Um, because I, I I don't think we can talk about equality without talking about diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> it really got me thinking about some things that uh, I really, I normally don't think about. So this has been really helpful to me to just spend some extra um, brain power. You're just laying the groundwork. This. You're just laying the groundwork for us. Yes. Like before we yes. can get and really get to equality. Yes. Sure. We can. We can yeah. Piece. Yeah. We can go with that. That sounds great. <laughs> um, but I, I just yeah. I wanted to think through this. And there's this. It's kind of. A, it's just such a tricky 
subject, such a tricky topic, not mm-hmm. just because of the hot button issues. And I know we're trying to like zoom out from all of that and just kind of mm-hmm. talk about it at a, a little different angle or d- different level. But it's like we like if you take humans, for instance, so we're all super diverse in, and we're so different, if we could use that that word, mm-hmm. even where we all have individual fingerprints, like that no two are the same. Mm. And, you know, no two people look the same. I guess you could make an argument for twins, but <laughs> the design is for everyone to look, you know, different, mm-hmm. uh, appear differently. But then at the same time, we all have this like sameness where we, again, the design is that we all have, we all share the same form. Like we were designed to have legs, we're designed to have a torso mm-hmm. and arms and, a, you know, a head. And so there's, it's kind of like there's that constant tension between it where we're yeah. so different, but then we're at the same time, we're so similar. Yeah. Like so, we all crave justice. We all have these innate God given desires. And at the same time, you could literally have twins and they could have totally different personalities. Yeah. 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 So I think right out of the gates, we just have to understand that this is definitely like weighty. It's, it's mm-hmm. difficult. It's not just like one line is going to solve this, you know, we're not going to fix all the problems tonight. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to fix all the problems tonight, Brooke. Um, which honestly, that's why we're paying you to be here. So (laughs) that was not a great opener for you. Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about diversity. And honestly, I was going to just point out right out of the gates as well. I found a really, I thought really biblical, really Christ centered article about it. Um, from John Piper from back in 2016 mm-hmm. entitled Why Christians Love Diversity. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to bring out some of his points, but I would I would inter- inca- what's word, encourage slash challenge. I was trying to make this one word. Uh, challenge people to go and, and read it, and you will be blessed and you'll be encouraged about by it. But he mm-hmm. makes this point that really uh, struck a chord that really just was powerful to me personally. And... He says that the value, actually, I'll just, I'll I'll read what he says here in the article. He says, worth increases with the diversity of admirers. Worth increases with the diversity of admirers. Hmm. Um, So he says that, I'll just read it here. The fame and greatness and worth of an object of beauty increases in proportion to the diversity of those who recognize its beauty. Like that was just mm. like, oh my goodness. Yeah, he's so right. Mm-hmm. And we have a holy God that's like that's infinitely powerful and intensely personal. And he's he's a beautiful God. He's like something worth beholding. But not just for the Jews, not just for the chosen race, like literally the entire globe, the entire world. And we do have Christians in every country in every country. Yeah. And that only goes to show the worth of that of our God. Yeah. When we have this insane pool of admirers who are looking to him and ascribing worth from across all of existence, it's like, oh my goodness, throughout is, time, yeah, 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 and it's not just white people, it's not just blacks, it's not, it's, it's literally the terrible kids song, red and yellow, black and white. It's like literally <laughs> everybody, though, everybody of all different fingerprints and all different colors and shapes and sizes can ascribe worth to God, and I think that that kind of levels the playing field mm-hmm. and what that, and I love that about the gospel itself, which I, I guess I'll talk about more later, but he goes on to say, if a work of art is regarded as great among a small and like-minded group of people, but not by anyone else, the art is probably not truly great. <laughs> so I don't, I rarely watch pawn 
Pawn Stars, the show on something. Oh, yeah. yeah, but um, one of those stations. So yeah, so <laughs> we just Channel. defended all the hardcore Pawn Stars. <laughs> I'm fans sorry, I'm sorry. Just, it is entertaining. <laughs> I didn't say I don't watch it because I think it's lame. I just <laughs> I'm watching other shows. But um, we're gonna bring up your show and just diss it. Oh, yeah, there on, was this this guy on one of the clips I saw who brought in a. I guess like one of the rarest Pokemon card collections. Ooh, my yeah. boys would love that. So there you go. So like to me, I see that and I'm like, what? Like how in the world is this worth upwards of half a million dollars? You know? And in my mind, I'm thinking like the pool of admirers for Pokemon, like it can't be that great, right? Like, come on. So in another clip though, in, in another clip, somebody brings in what he thought was the pistol that shot Jesse James. Oh. And I'm like, okay, this is a little closer to home now, right? <laughs> a little closer to home. Like, I was never into Pokemon. I know millions of people were. I get it. So it's, this is just Ben's analogies. <laughs> uh, with Ben's background, I, this is probably very skewed, but uh, for my brain, I'm like, man, the, the same pistol that like shot Jesse James? This is, this is kind of cool. <laughs> and then someone else brought in a samurai sword, and then I'm like, whoa, okay, now we're dipping into like multiple countries, like yeah. thousands of years of history here. Like, there's a big audience for this. There's some admirers here, but this is kind of that idea, right? Um, but it, he, anyways, John Piper goes on, he says, its qualities are such, talking about the art, that it does not appeal to the deep universals in our heart, in our hearts, but only to provincial biases. But if a work of art continues to win more and more admirers, not only across cultures, but also across decades and centuries, then its greatness is irresistibly manifested. It's like, oh my goodness, this this is our God. This this is definitely a God across decades and centuries. We have the brilliance of an incredible God shining throughout all of time, all of existence to all peoples. Mm-hmm. And so when Paul says in Romans 15, 11, praise the Lord to all you nations and let all the peoples extol him, he's saying that there's something about God that is so universally praiseworthy and so profoundly beautiful and comprehensively worthy and so deeply satisfying that God will find passionate admires in every diverse people group in the world. Mm. His true greatness will be manifest in the breadth of the diversity of those who perceive and cherish his beauty. His excellence will be shown to be higher and deeper than the parochial preferences that make us happy most of the time. His appeal will be to the deepest, highest, largest capacities of the human soul. Thus, the diversity of the source of admiration will testify to his incomparable glory. What do you guys think after you hear that? We'll hit you. That's like an astounding thought where it just magnifies the glory of God, really. I mean, you do, like what you're saying, I'm just like, yes. Yeah. He's got people from every tribe, tongue, and nation from throughout all time. This isn't a one-hit wonder band. This is like, this is just showing the majesty of God and yeah. how he created us. We're all diverse, yeah. but we all look to him and we all find our worth and our value in him. And it does, you know, you can see how it plays into like the equality of human beings as well. Like we all worship him. We also, we all come from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just unity together. Think, like for the glory, for God to get more and more glory, like we have to be diverse. Mm-hmm. Like we can't just be this one little pocket of very similar people. Yeah. Like we have to loop as many people and as many different backgrounds and stories and as possible into praising God together, into the gospel. Yeah. And we can't do that if we don't look at people equally, right? Like there, there's right. a, it kind of goes full circle there. 
Yeah, if we think that's a great point, actually. We've yeah. arrived and we're the gold standard. We're going to look down on others. It's not going to bring God glory. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes on in the article. He says, you know, we achieve unity when we actually embrace diversity. Uh, he talks about diversity cutting to the heart of pride and how diversity actually humbles us. And I, I, I think I added my own thoughts like this results in keeping us focused because if, if we are a diverse crowd of people following Jesus, then he is the common denominator. And like all of these little like-minded pockets that could tempt us to distract us from his ultimate glory, this makes it so much harder for that to happen, you yeah. know? And I, and I think the church, especially in the South, can easily fall into that, where it is, it's just a, a your, sworn no more. Yours versus mine. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's just somebody recently reminded me that, you know, denominations were not created in the Bible and that we should be focused on being the entire body of Christ. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, oh, my church versus your church. You know, we've got churches on every corner. But that we should be excited when someone goes to a different church mm-hmm. that's preaching the Bible because it's another person growing the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I just It helps us keep the main thing the main thing. When we look out across the people in our church, people in our lives, and they are different mm-hmm. in different stage of life, different ages, different backgrounds, even different colors, um, it's just it, it doesn't let stereotypes play a part in in ministry, but it, it really keeps us laser focused on the gospel, mm-hmm. on God, and looking to Him. And so, I really my point was just yeah that diversity is beautiful. It's necessary when it comes to um, the church and mm. being part of this Christian faith. So that's kind of what I got that helps our juices yeah. get flowing. Yeah. Um, to really have true equality, you have to have some diversity in there. Yeah. So those things yeah. are not mutually exclusive. No. I like that. Okay, so for my topic here, I was going to kind of define the terms for us because my brain works really well when I can kind of see exactly what I'm focused on. English That's good. Teacher. We could have started with that. That's yeah, great. sorry. No, English teacher <laughs> over here really likes all the, the, the terms defined. And when I was looking up in the dictionary, the Equality definition was the state of being equal in quantity, degree, rank, value, or ability. And then some of the thesaurus synonyms were fairness, evenness, equivalence, uniformity. So this is just the basic definition of equality that I got. And I started thinking about what is the unsaved worldview definition of equality? Mm-hmm. You know, what what do they think equality is? And you know, they know that we're not all created equal, and, but to society in general, those who have more abilities, money, power, they're the more important ones. The more Instagram followers you have, the more value you have. Mm-hmm. The more money you have, you know, the better of a person you are, that your value is based on higher or lower levels. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, we're always striving for more and we're discontent if we cannot achieve equality with maybe your friends or your relatives, you know, Mm -hmm. you're always, always, always searching for more. It's never enough. But then I thought, okay, let's look at the biblical worldview and how, how are we equal? 
Well, as humans, we are all of equal value to God. Yep, we are yep. created in his image. Genesis 127 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think we read through that quickly sometimes and we don't stop and think that we we are in God's image. So we all are of equal value to him. He numbers all all the hairs on our head in Luke 12, seven, it talks about that. All the hairs of your head are numbered. It doesn't say that, well, some of you are important because I know you're, you know, <laughs> some of you have more hair than others. <clears throat> ben. Yep. And Ben's not as valuable. Because yes. You know, for our listeners, I essentially have a chia head full of hair. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> it's okay, Ben. Um, but it doesn't say that, you know, some of us, because you have more hairs, you're more valued. No, he knows all the hairs on all of our heads and we're all of equal value to him. Oh, so you're saying not everyone has the equal number of hairs well. just dispersed in different parts of their body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> that's not what the quality is talking about. God. No, none of us are more important to God. And I think that's yeah. a really cool thing to remember that he loves all of us equally. Absolutely. And that we're all precious in his sight just because we may look different or, you know, have different socioeconomic status. We're all equally important to him, mm. which mean, means a lot to me. Mm. I think it's really cool for all of us to remember that. But when we're looking at equality, how are we different? We can be different, but still be equal, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I went to First Corinthians, and there's, you know, the whole chapter 12 is talking about how we are, we have been given different gifts. We've been given different service opportunities, and then we are all different parts of the body of Christ, but that every part is important. And I love how it talks about how, say, the foot can't say, I don't belong to the body because I'm not a hand. <laughs> right. And oh, if the ear can't say because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. And I just loved that, how we're all different parts of the body of Christ, but we're all equally important within the body of Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we hear about people who serve um, behind the scenes, and those people are just as important as the people on the stage singing on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And that is so, it's so good to have that analogy that Paul gives us, because that's not the way we naturally want to define things. We naturally are just like, I I, I strive to be that person out in front, like, because, yeah, they're more talented, and they're, they look more popular, right? But, like... The Bible makes it clear, no, everyone plays a part. And the role that you play doesn't doesn't describe your value or worth in God's eyes. So yeah. the more we get like that and show 
no partiality, the closer we are to Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think it's so special how God worked it out where we need every single one of us all serving in our own functions in order to be a complete cohesive body of Christ. Mm. That if I say, you know what, I don't want to say, take out the trash this week because at church, you know, say my job is the trash taker outer, whatever (laughs) word that is. Um, It's got to be one around here somewhere. (laughs) You know, Um, if that's my job and I don't want to do it, well, then there's a part of the church that doesn't get fulfilled that week because all the trash cans are overflowing. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just as important as the, you know, the person who's working in the children's ministry or the person who's greeting and that we all need to acknowledge what our gifts are, mm-hmm. what our service opportunities are and, and work towards those because God is very specific that no one member has more value in his sight. We are all equally important to him and we are all part of the one united body of Christ, which Ben was kind of talking about earlier about how, you know, the ultimately we're all part of the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I really do love that the cross does level the playing field. It's like, well, how much, like who, who, how would you say this? Blood of Christ covers like a few, (laughs) all like, is, you know, like not you, but you, like, how does this, how does Mm -hmm. this work out? It's like, well, no, like anyone can come and bend their knee at the foot of the cross, any literally anybody from any background, from from any anyone with scars, anyone with with riches or poverty can come and mm-hmm. and and Jesus says, you know what, you're mine. Amen. Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying, Ben, about what our ultimate focus is. And in Acts twenty twenty four, it says, "I do not account my life of any value or as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God." And our ultimate value in this life is serving God wherever He's placed us. That's what our focus should be on, not you know what can I do to get ahead. Or what can I do to make myself more popular? But what can I do that would bring more glory to God? I mean, and sometimes that might mean, you know, you get a better job so and you make more money because that way you can support more missionaries mm-hmm. or you get more schooling so that, you know, you can be a pastor and mm-hmm. you can preach and that you can be knowledgeable. But it's the focus I think that's the differentiating factor there. That's what I studied in what exactly is human equality from a biblical worldview. And I think being equal is not the same as being different. We should all have equal rights. That is ultimately true because we are all made in the image of God. And it's our human nature to value fairness and justice. But we can't equate the pursuit of equality for all over the pursuit to glorify God. We are all equal but different, and that's never going to change. Let's celebrate our differences and be okay with that. And keep that understanding under the umbrella of our ultimate identity in Christ. So I have a question for you. Does the New Testament teach equality? I would say not really. It's more of an Old Testament principle that's assumed in the New Testament. And and here's the thing. Many of us have an American version of equality that we force feed into the scripture. And I don't think it's helpful for us. 
So I know, I know, I, I, I see Ben, I see Brooke, a little squirming right now in their seats. I, I, I feel you on the other end. How dare you? Uh, I know that almost sounds sacrilegious, but the New Testament mentions equality once or twice. And when it comes to human-on-human relationships, it's actually far more interested in the concepts like oneness, unity, partnership, union, and joint inheritance than it is on what we normally think of as equality. So before you say I'm splitting hairs, I'm splitting hairs and all that, here's where I'm going with this. If you make all the passages in the New Testament that talk about being one and loving one another, if you make those about our 21st century American version of equality, you actually cheapen their meaning. And for many people, the word equality has become so overused that it's losing its real meaning to the point that it almost means everything and nothing at the same time. Like, Brooke, is there is there like a word for that? I'm pretty sure you're looking for the word cliche. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's like it becomes cliche. So with everything going on in our country, there's a wide variety of issues that Christians need to wake up on. And I believe this is a nuanced but foundational concept. Thankfully, the New Testament presents a better and higher version of equality than what we usually experience in the here and now. So let's start with scripture. We've we've already been there. Brooke set us up. I loved how Ben brought out the point with diversity. Uh, But the two New Testament texts that explicitly mention equality is the Greek word isetes. That's the word for equality, proportionality, or fairness. And in 2 Corinthians 8, you know, Brooke already mentioned this, but Paul urges the church in Corinth to give generously to the church in Jerusalem that there might be equality. And in Colossians 4, he, he tells masters to grant their slaves what is right and fair. Most of the famous equality passages that we lump in or equate with equality See what I did there? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Anyway, these passages actually use different language. Galatians 3.28 doesn't say that there is no Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female, because we're all equal, but because we are all one in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.11 doesn't talk about equality between barbarians and Scythians. Rather, it asserts that Christ is all and in all. And I don't think we can really move on from the Scythians part until... Uh, we re- we remind the listeners of of Ben's amazing <laughs> point about the Scythians a while ago last yes. last year. The Scythians they amaze me. So yeah. there's not a whole lot we know about them, but uh, they were warriors and they were covered in tattoos, and yeah. they very well could have been the very first, some of the very first that experimented <laughs> with. Um, marijuana or yes. versions really? thereof. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually the higher up you were in in this, as a Scythian, the more tattoos you had. <clears throat> so, more piercings you had, tattoos. Yeah. So if you were covered in tats, then you were you were muy importante when it came to them. But yeah, they also did yeah, experiment with the reefer. Yeah, mm. close that tent up and burn those hemp but seeds. It, it does, I mean, it brings like so much color to that verse. Yeah, though, it does. It really does. It's like, oh, those types of people... Yep. Can come to Jesus. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly. the plan. Love that. So yeah, they are all one in Christ. Ephesians 3, 6 doesn't say that Gentiles are now equal with Jews, but rather that we are now heirs together. Ephesians 6, 9 doesn't talk about equality between slaves and masters, but rather that both have the same master and will face the same judgment. 
Finally, in 1 Corinthians 12, like Brooke alluded to, it doesn't say that all church members are just flat equal, and as simple as that, as Brooke's already alluded to, but rather that we all form one body. Equality in the modern sense is fundamentally individualistic. Equality in the biblical sense is fundamentally about how God loves and treats us collectively, Mm. if you can think of the difference Mm -hmm. there. So, of course, the idea of equality is perfectly biblical and vital. We've, we've already established that all human beings, simple by virtue of being human beings, should be treated with the same level of dignity, regardless of their class, their sex, race, or subgroup. Christians today use, use equality to mean roughly what Martin Luther King Jr. meant. Because all men are created equal, we need to fight the injustices that cause oppression and discrimination. But in substituting the Declaration of Independence's language of equality for the biblical language of oneness, fairness, justice, partnership, joint inheritance, and so on, we do distort the realities to which it points. So what are those? Let me just run through a few of them quickly. First one, and I think most importantly, I think we lose is the biblical storyline in which the Jews and Gentiles are not equal. They're not exactly the same in that sense. In the Old Testament, the Jews are chosen for the sake of blessing the nations. If Ephesians 2.14 is about Christ making the two equal rather than making the two one, several problems arise. Such a statement flattens the difference between us in the present and it implies that God's election of Israel was somehow unjust. And here's another big one. Secondly, if if the Jews and Gentiles are just flat equal, then Paul's point is all about equal access to entitlements and privileges rather than the union of two separate and distinct peoples into one people. And it gives a very bad impression of a leveling. The Jews come down and the Gentiles come up rather than an increase. The Gentiles join God's people, receiving the same blessings God has promised Abraham. Equality in the modern sense is fundamentally individualistic. I am equal with you and you are equal with me no matter where we're at or we're, you know, we're joined any other way. There's no room for concepts like oneness, unity, and partnership. We lose the grandeur and the glory of God not being a respecter of persons when we pretend that everyone is just completely equal in every way. Equality talk also introduces confusion. Unwittingly or not, it encourages an ideal of sameness that makes diversity harder to sustain. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Uh, we are different, as we've, as we've established. Here's the third one. I think this is also important. It leads to all sorts of inconsistencies and logical plot holes. Logical potholes. Terms like marriage equality come up to the phrases we invent to avoid labeling people as special needs. And when Paul, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, was writing out the doctrine of the Christian faith, he was not pitching a modern program of equal opportunity. He was announcing the good news that God had united all types of people in Christ and that none could therefore regard themselves as superior or inferior despite all the differences that remained. He was making us one. So don't get me wrong. I love the Declaration of Independence. I believe it was one of the greatest man-made declarations in all of history. The history on the Declaration of Independence is 
somewhat being erased and rewritten right now, and that's a story for another day. But it did provide Is the framework. Is that the story when I stole the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Ben's yeah, alter ego, friends. Nick Cage. Yeah. 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 There's actually a sequel. As oh. Well. There's a sequel to when I stole it the first time. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yep. I, we need to do some <laughs> research on that, Brooke. <laughs> but yeah, the Declaration of Independence, it provided the framework that set in motion the end of slavery eventually. It brought mm-hmm. out individual rights right. of freedom for all um, that had never really been practiced in the world before. So for all the good the Declaration of Independence has brought, it's misleading to claim that the New Testament shares its vision of equality. Scripture is after something that is far loftier than all men are created equal. We as Christians should know better This doesn't mean we show partiality. This doesn't mean we don't lift up the weak. But we can't confuse the individual rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for a spiritual utopia that we're never going (laughs) to achieve. Oneness, partnership, unity in diversity, joint inheritance like we see in the Gospels, a love across each and every dividing line is actually something that is more realistic. And that's only because Jesus Christ can do that to us. He can change us into people who do that, whereas we'll never be completely equal in every way, shape, or form. So yes, we're all equal in God's eyes. We're all made in the image of God. We are also all fallen, but let's keep the biblical view of equality where it needs to be. And I'll say this again because it's important to remember. Equality in the modern sense is just fundamentally individualistic. Equality in the biblical sense is fundamentally about how God loves and treats us collectively. Not to diminish the personal side of God, who also loves us individually, but the equality piece is more comprehensive than it is individual. Yeah, that, that actually, when you said that earlier, it made me think, like, the especially the Old Testament and just days gone by, yeah. really, like, the greater good, you know, was, at the, it was central. So, you know, before technology became what it is before it was so easy to get to find and hunt, you know, and yeah. take food. Right. Like it was always about the collective good. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 No, that makes a lot of sense. I remember even going in seminary, we talked about that in class, like how much the old Testament there really was that, that was the emphasis, mm-hmm. um, was the, the group as a whole, because that's what, what everyone's mindset was. That their mentality was keeping mm-hmm. one another alive. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing what you have because it was it was so much more valuable to mm-hmm. them then than doing that today. It's like it's yeah. just it's our yeah. current mindset is from all about me and what can I do to better myself and not yeah. the greater yeah. good of the community as a whole. Right, we're driving on roads that we didn't pave. We're living in buildings yeah. we didn't build. We're eating food that we didn't. Right, you know, we did right. nothing but purchase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a humanistic worldview contains elements of the truth, right? I mean, but every humanistic tendency subverts the power of our Savior. And I love how Thomas Sowell explains this. You know, no one is completely equal. Uh, Just a couple tweets that he's had over the last couple months. He said, nobody is equal to anybody. Even the same man is not equal to himself on different days. Now that's true. (laughs) You're like, okay, yeah. yeah. See where you're going with that. Some days my brain doesn't work at all. (laughs) Exactly. Some days we just want to push reset. Um, He also said, if you cannot achieve equality of performance among people born to the same parents and raised under the same roof, how realistic is it to expect to achieve it across a broader and deeper social (laughs) divisions? So yeah, like 
you know, I do think there's this current in our in our world that like wants to just like collectively put everybody into the same brush stroke. Like we buy the same food, we go to the same places and you can lose your individuality. And like, that's not what we're talking about here. But, but we do have to remember that in God's eyes, we are hundred percent equal. He loves us all the same. But to me, looking at the full picture makes our God greater and bigger than us. And this is really, it really ties back to what you started yeah. us off with. Right, ben. What ben said earlier. Yeah. It yeah. makes it really cool that, God, he created such beauty and diversity in the world mm-hmm. for him to enjoy it and in the end to bring him more glory. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because when you see it as a whole, it's a much more interesting and nuanced place than just us all being all the same and thinking the same and doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get into big problems when everybody's just like one big collective group think like, okay, I'm going to mindlessly go over here and do this. Like, yeah, you lose all that. So my challenge is for us to put more focus on the oneness and the unity pieces that we see in the New Testament than just merely the equality that we have in our, you know, in our current country's definition of it. When you make the word mean anything and everything and you cheapen its value, it eventually becomes meaningless. Our world is rapidly getting to that place, but we have to know the truth. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate you joining us with this conversation. And we want to hear from you. We would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. A question that we're going to post out there on the doxa underscore dialogue Instagram account is a question we'll also post on our website where you can also listen to this. But have you ever seen a misunderstanding of equality hinder the biblical concept of God bringing diverse people together? So it's a deep question. It's something to really think about. Have you ever seen a misunderstanding of equality hinder the biblical concept of God bringing diverse people together? Share that with us if you uh, if you wish, and uh, please give us a review, give us a rating, share this with someone you think might like listening to it, and we will be back again next week. You are loved.